0: Welcome to The Way Home with Laura Smith, the show that brings you wonderful guests, helpful advice, and uplifting stories. The Way Home, live inspired. Here's your host, Laura Smith.
1: Well, happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful mothers out there. And, you know, a lot of people become moms even when they don't have children. Sometimes they represent that uh, for someone else's child that is uh, in need of some guidance and love. There are so many ways that motherhood takes... uh, the, the form and the, the idea in, in so many people's lives, but it is truly a sacred, sacred charge. And so we salute our mothers today. And I am so grateful to bring you on the program, uh, two mothers that have truly changed the world in, in, in many ways. Our first guest is Michelle Welch. She is beyond so many things. She's a mother of five. She um, has a law degree, but she is also a psychic and a medium and an author of three books with more, two more to come and just is the most busiest business owner as well. So she's going to come on first, and we're going to talk about her new book, Spirits Unveiled, a fresh perspective on angels, guides, and more. And we're going to talk about those those loving guides that – that are you know on the other side, and maybe it's a mom um, who's gone, and we want to know the role they play in our lives still to this day. Also, I have on an extraordinary woman. She's the CEO and founder of Safe Haven Baby Box, Monica Kelsey. What an incredible story she has, and these baby boxes are truly a gift in so many ways, and with uh, many babies that have been placed in them into the safe arms of, first of all, loving police and then uh, loving families. It's just an incredible story. So we hear about that on this most sacred of days, Mother's Day. And, of course, good news stories from our guru of good news. That would be Jimmy uh, Cleafield, Jimmy Dean, I call him. And uh, we always end the program on a high note. And we're all being brought to you. Speaking of high notes, the high notes of nutrition is balance of nature, balance of nature, fruits and veggies and a capsule. I can't tell you how they make you feel like you're living on a high note because you feel so good about getting the right nutrition in your body and you feel physically Wonderful. And the mental clarity that comes with having the nutrition of 31 fruits and vegetables in your system every day, even when you don't get around to getting what you're supposed to get on a daily basis by taking balance of nature, you're right on target, you're right on track. And it's a great feeling physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and in all the ways that it's supposed to. It's very easy to get. It's very easy to take. And it's very easy to to put my name into the promo code so that you get 35% off your first preferred order. And free shipping, too. So go to balanceofnature.com, put the name Laura, L-A-U-R-A, into the promo code, and you'll get your discount and free shipping. When we come back, Michelle Welch. Don't go away. It's the way home.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura.
1: Oh, it's so good to be with you all. Happy Mother's Day to all the wonderful mothers who are here and also in spirit. They count, too. In fact, we're going to hear a lot of why that's so. My wonderful guest today is uh, an incredible woman um, who honestly has accomplished so much and still does so much on any given day, it will make your head spin. But she's truly inspirational. She's just written a book, Michelle Welch. It's called Spirits Unveiled, A Fresh Perspective on Angels, Guide and Guides, and More. Michelle, welcome to the program, and happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you. Thank you. What a wonderful weekend. It, well, it, it certainly is. And despite the fact that you are a psychic and a meaner, Medium. You own three businesses in Texas, in Dallas, and you've written many books. And you have a degree in criminal law, and you have practiced that in your life, and also a a a jury selector. And I mean, it just goes on and on and on. You've done so many things. We're going to focus on the fact that you're also a mom of five. Is that really true? Five kids.
2: That's true. Uh, it's a blended family, so three, biological, two, just as, seems just the same to me. So five, yes. That's and one, right. Yes. And
1: yes. In, in all your spare time, but it's so wonderful. And um, I really, it was a, a blessing to get your book when I got it. Um, to talk about some of the things we want to cover today in it. it. It is so chock full of so much information. I said offline that we're going to have to have you back a couple of times because there's so many levels to spirits unveiled. Um, in that th- there's just really, you tackle all sorts of aspects in, in spirituality and other dimensions and uh, higher life and living and being that. It truly is. Would take a long time. So we'll we'll just focus on a few of the things today that you spell out so beautifully and so easy to understand in the book. First of all, you've you've been uh, someone who has been able to connect with the spirit world since you were a child, correct?
2: Yes, I have. And I grew up in church and would go. I don't know. My mother was the piano organ player, and my dad would lead the singing. And it would be we. And my grandfather is a, or was a, a, preacher. And so it's, it was always interesting because we'd be singing, I don't know, like heart the herald angels sing or something like that. And then I'd be like, and there they are. And I'd point up to the ceiling or point up to the outside and talk about the angels and everybody look at me like, what are you talking about? <laughs> so yes, I could see things from a very, very, all types of things from a very, very young age. And I was very vocal about it.
1: Were, were you encouraged by your family to uh, sort of stay with that and share it with everyone or, or were you one of them that had them kind of try to quelch it a little bit or squelch it a little bit to make sure that you didn't get too far out of uh, reality?
2: Uh, I would say I have that the, they're very loving. I would say a little bit was okay. Uh, the gift of prophecy, a word from you know, God to someone, uh, they would believe in that, in that type of church that I was raised in. But for the most part, it would be, Michelle, be quiet, <laughs> Michelle, we, it's uh, it's not your turn to speak, it's the preacher's turn to speak. So, uh, yeah, but and then anytime it drifted over into anything that wasn't totally in alignment with their beliefs on that, then, of course, I would be told to be quiet.
1: <laughs> so, right, right. But thankfully you're, you're all grown up now and oh, yeah. all grown up and with your books and also your wonderful podcast and everything that you do to communicate in the world. All of the things that you have understood since you were younger, but really truly can put into words now. Um, it's, it's our gain for sure. Um, and, and I thought uh being such a special day it's mother's day and a lot of people um have their mothers here my mom is here 85 years old happy mother's day mom uh but uh other other folks have lost their their moms either at a young age or fairly recently i i like just lost my father 5 months ago exactly and uh so I do understand that sense of loss that happens, um, that never seems to go away when it comes to a parent that's crossed over. So I'd love to talk to you about, um, our loved ones in spirit and ascended angels and masters, archangels and the type. What are the differences between them? Are they always with us? And when they are, how do you recommend? We handle that. Do we, do we just talk to them as if they're still here, as if when they were, or do, is there a different way to communicate? And how can we be communicated to some of prayer is just being quiet and, and letting God speak to us and as opposed to us constantly reaching out with requests and, and things like that. So, uh, since we were just talking about moms for people who have moms in spirit, are they indeed watching over us with the with what we hope they are, kind of all, there all the time, just we're not able to touch them physically?
2: Yes, they are. And I know that because I have communicated with many, many loved ones for people who sit in front of me or just actually just who walk past me I don't, I, I won't stop you and go, Oh, wait, I see your mother. If I don't know you, but a new, someone new to this, to the abilities or whatever you want to call it that I have might would do that and make them state. but I know better. But yes, they, our loved ones are with us. Now, can they be, they're not omnipresent. They're not everywhere like God being omnipresent and, and certain uh, angels are omnipresent but in some ways i think they are very much like omnipresent so uh, in the sense of they're with us but they're not with you know they're they're not in the body with us but they they are always there encouraging us looking after us and I see them always from a good place. Uh, So for me being raised, like I just said, in a very religious home, I have never seen any, any of our loved ones being in uh, any sort of punishment or a bad place. Now, maybe I've just never seen that, but I just haven't. And even some people that are pretty bad that I've been talking to, you know, the, the the kids will tell me it's not so great. Uh, I've never seen them in a bad place, but they're, I just talk about frequency and um, we're all energy. We are, that's factual. Everything is energy. And we also have souls though. And our loved ones are with us. Sometimes it might just be a visitation that they're just coming right after they pass. And, and we don't even know we're like, wait, I felt something. I, I sense like I sense my mother, I sense my grandmother. But then if we really will start to talk to them and, Assign signs to them uh, that this is a sign of my mother, then or grandmother, then or father. will see them more and con- and be able to contact them more.
1: I was um, it was just a few days before my dad passed away, and I wasn't expecting him to go as soon as he did. So I wasn't even thinking about it, but I was driving over to his house. He he was in a rehab center, but I was driving to my my mom and dad's house. And in the mid, it was dark and it was late, probably around eight o'clock at night. And I saw something in the road, which I thought was a kitten. And it was not a kitten. And to much to my surprise, because I've never seen anything like this, even though now I'm living in rural Indiana. Oh, it was a baby owl that was in the middle of the street. And um I flagged down somebody and asked them to please come and take it because I was af- afraid to do it. Which they did and it flew up in the tree and, and then he passed away a few days later. And I was actually, I, so I started Googling. What does that mean? My father was a man of great wisdom. So that was kind of a, an ultra obvious, uh, sign, but, um, I wondered what else it meant. And I actually did read that, um, owls appear when someone is about to pass. And so now it's bizarre, but I am seeing owls everywhere and, at last night, I was asking him to be with me. I was driving to Chicago, and I was you know concerned about getting there safely and everything at this music concert. And I looked up and above the door of the concert was this huge owl. <laughs> and it's just it feels like it's everywhere. But I'm wondering, is that my imagination that I'm doing that, or is it truly was it something that was chosen for his spirit to to be portrayed as such?
2: I want, I 100% know that it was again, because I do communicate with those who've passed, uh, that it was a, it's a sign for you, a representation. It's not, it's, it's, it's not, I'm not saying it's your father, you know that, and you're not saying right. that, but it, it is a, a, just a, a representation of uh, his wisdom, but also, like you said, maybe a foreshadowing of things to come. But it's not always that. Not everyone believes that, you know, that it's mm-hmm. no, certain cultures believe that. But for you, you know, it was. And so then that that goes on to be using anything with our intuition, anything with our gut feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh, even as mothers, because we're talking about Mother's Day, when we have that mother's intuition, that gut we're like, is that really real or am I just imagining that? And so what I say is our imagination was given to us for a reason. Uh, we, we've we been given our imagination to use it. Do we want to let it run amok and just be delusional? No. But if, if so, something appears before us and it makes sense and it gives you those There's chills, because I got chills when you said that about the owl. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's a a representation of your father. Of course it is.
1: And I love that. My guest, once again, is uh, Michelle Welch. And she has written a new book that is just chock full of so much beautiful information, like you're hearing right now from her. Spirits Unveiled is the name of the book. A Fresh Perspective on Angels, Guides, and More. And so on that note is a deceased loved one who we love so much that we feel is watching out for us. Is that a different frequency, as you mentioned, or energy than perhaps an angel? I do believe there are different frequencies. Uh, and
2: uh, in the book, I get into the geo, and I don't even say that right. There's a more, much more beautiful way to say that word than I say it, but the frequencies uh, that you can use to connect with them, their tones. You can just find them on YouTube for free. And that's one easy way just to to listen to music and just be still, like you said earlier, just be still and be quiet. But are they different? Yeah, they're, they're at different frequencies. So a lot of people will say, okay, so my, and, and they believe this in their culture, my aunt passed and she's now an angel. That's fine if if someone wants to believe that I'm not going to debate that with them. Uh, I do believe there's some difference in angels uh, and and how they were created and what they were made to do. Angels, I believe, are sent to us to help us in some way, to help guide us, archangel, and to give us messages. And archangels are the leaders of the angels, and so uh, and and the the archangels each represent the characteristics of God so i talk about i think 12 or 14 in the book and so if you're talking and there's only two that don't have and then the word el which is of god and that's because they walked as man first so there was metatron and enoch and they were uh elijah and the prophet enoch so these angels these archangels help you for specific things for instance if you're grieving um Archangel Azrael will help with grief, or help when someone is has news about maybe that they've received they're terminally ill or something like that, or really honestly any kind of grief. So that's the difference, and um, it is at a different frequency than a loved one.
1: And Would... definitely positive and loving, and for our greater good. Correct? I mean, I always feel that there's a presence uh, of when, whenever I feel that there's a presence amongst, it, it feels like it's a loving presence and one that's there to help.
2: Yes. And they do have different energies to them. I mean, some are more bombastic and come busting in, you know, and just like our friends. I mean, and just like we are, you know, some of us are quieter and some of us are a little more reserved and subtle. And some of the archangels, the four major ones that the four major religions believe in Raphael, um, Gabriel, Uriel, and Michael. Michael is bombastic. Michael comes with legions of angels, and Michael will protect us. And uh, Gabriel or Gabriella announces uh, things to us like children and the birth of Christ or John the Baptist or if you're Muslim, it'd be the Quran because they believe in this, that same angel. They just believe something different. And so the personalities or the frequencies are different, just like we are. We, they have different subtle differences, or sometimes like Michael, I said, just, you know, when Michael's there, <laughs> he's
1: very, it's a very, uh, a strong, fiery
2: presence. And some are just more subtle.
1: And a lot of people I know, I've talked to many people. I, you know, Jesus is my focal point often in my prayers and my, my daily walk. But for a lot of people, they just say, well, why not just God? Why not just appeal to God? Why do we need all these other levels of thing? And some people go, well, Jesus is God. And so I'm not going to, I, I don't, I'm not, who, who am I to know exactly uh, the full truth of everything? I just, you know, I know what I believe and what I think, you know, is true, but. Um, Does it matter at the end of the day, whether we know how to define God or Jesus or the archangels or ascended masters? Does it matter?
2: I would say it does not at the end of the day. Uh, a lot of people will say, well, you need to believe in this or that for this or that to occur in your life. You know, creating your reality gets a little philosophical there. We could, you know, get to debate for hours. I don't know, create your reality. You must believe in it. But I think they're around and the energy beings I talk about are around whether you believe in them or not. And so, and, and. Doesn't, do you have to have an intermediary to go I mean, th- that ch- caused a schism in the church. Okay. That's what caused many churches uh, to, to break apart is do you need someone to intercede for you for God? Right. Um, and so I'm not saying Jesus was caused the schism, but sort of in some. So do you get what I'm saying? I mean, it's just, it's, it's different. Um, I say, if I can talk about spirit guides. So the guide, I think of like a bowling alley. Okay. So I'm talking about God. Now I'm going to talk about a bowling alley, but I cannot bowl very well at all. I I am not good. It doesn't matter how much I practice. So I put those gutter, the little bumper pad gutter, you know, for the gutter balls up. So like, the little kids do. I'm like, uh, uh-uh, I'm going to not have a gutter ball every single time. So I think of those as kind of spirit guides. They are directing us to something. They're directing us to those bowling pins. What is our goal? What are we going for? Our higher self, our, our, our self that is, is not so ego driven, but is, is our, maybe our soul. That's, that's up for debate. Maybe it's, it is our soul. And then, that's to God or all that is. So that's what those the spirit guides are there to do. They're helping to guide you to whatever the goal or thing that you're wanting to be guided to. And then underneath the umbrella of spirit guides, to me, that's a big umbrella. Then you have angels, archangels, loved ones who may help you nature or different things that may help you as guides to help guide you but the within the definition of spirit guides is they guide you they guide you to something
1: i just i i love that whole concept of everything i really don't feel like we are randomly plopped down onto this earth to fend for ourselves and just Try to accomplish lesson after lesson, and I know you you talk about that as well in your book. Is it just about you know? Is life just a school, and we're here to pass the tests and then drop off, and then maybe come back or maybe not, depending on your belief system? I mean, it just seems like there's so much more uh, beauty and grace and miraculous life within the experiences of life that it's not just a, a heart like a school you know so what do you think
2: I agree and I really went on a I do rabbit trails in my book sometimes they get stuck in the appendix sometimes they don't make it into the book so it makes it'll be in the third book which is my second draft is due like next month And so, but you know what I mean? It's like okay, so here comes a, but it'll be a short rabbit trail, I promise you. What what I think is that I started thinking about it. I was like, is this like a video game? Is life just? Is that all it is? Is a video game where I have to just try and get to the next level, and and then if I don't get to the next level, I have to start over, and then I'm gonna get put in and just show how old I am. I put in my fifty cents or quarter and and get to the next level again or be on my iPad or my whatever and get to the next level and oh didn't get to the next level so I have to try again. And I started thinking about that and I thought that's not what life's all about. Sometimes like we are just to experience life just for the experience and like you said, grace and and joy and and sometimes the sadness of life and to experience the 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 experience of life to live it as opposed to just trying to level up with everything that we do.
1: Yeah, I, I, that feels that feels right to me uh, when I think about it. I'm just, oh, I feel like we could go on all day. One Mm -hmm. other one that I wanted to touch on was uh, like animal, animal loved animals that go, you know, into spirit over the rainbow bridge, as a lot of people say. Uh, How. How closely are they walking with us or are they not at all?
2: They are. They really, really are. And I did not grow up being taught that at all. And uh, and I but I would see them. And so and I'd see them with people uh Think about cats. Cats actually, if any of you listening have cats and you have a cat that has passed and if you feel your cat jump up on or something jump up on your bed and you're like, oh no, that's just my imagination. I am telling you it's not. It is that cat. Uh, dogs will do it too and, and other animals. I'm not trying to exclude any animals here. <laughs> but uh, they are, they very much, and and they're your loved ones too. And for some, those are their loved. Those are their companions. Those are their children. For those, for those who, that's you know, even mothers this weekend who don't have a, a a child, their their dog may be or cat may be a child to them, and that's how they think of them. And I can tell you that when they do pass, they are with us too.
1: Mm-hmm. And then one final, because it is Mother's Day for the moms that have lost a child. I can. Probably think of nothing that would be more difficult or just really honestly, the, the biggest test and challenge of all time would have to be that. And I have friends who have lost children and in my heart, just there are no words. It's like, I, I can't provide anything that I, that could even remotely help them or, or make them feel better. But please tell us what you know from all of your connection to spirit, like, are those children do they continue to travel with with their moms and their dads and and are they sort of can they can be called up at will or how does that work
2: so yes they do same as i said before the children aren't aren't any different in the sense of our loved ones um and I, i meant. Being with us, they're not any different. Yes, the pain is is a different kind of pain. Obviously, children passing before their parents is seems unnatural, right? And it's horrible. Uh, but yes, they are with us. And just to say quickly, uh, they're they're with us so much that now when I say they're with us, it's just that they they'll, they'll visit us. They'll they'll give us a little reminder. But we're not keeping them here with us in a negative ghost like kind of way, just the spirit of them is with us. And it's not just our us remembering them. They can uh give us encouragement. They can give us signs. And one thing I would recommend is, and I know this, I would love to, if I could say this, for anyone, and I get a lot of these clients, for anyone who has had any loved one die by suicide. And I say I never say commit suicide, because that implies something wrong like committed adultery, or committed a crime, but, but who dies by suicide, I have never seen that person in a timeout, in any kind of um, bad place whatsoever. They are just as safe and whole as others. And that's the biggest hope for me, whether that's someone's personal belief. I, I'm just saying this what I've seen. And I have never seen that. So I do want to say that too, especially for some uh, mothers who've lost their children and loved ones in that way
1: or mother's impact. I'm so glad you brought that up because I know that is a question that many people have. And they think that there might be, you know, something negative that has to go along with it because that was the way they passed. But I have been told by many spiritual teachers and, and mediums as well. And you're reiterating it here. And it just feels so true. Those people are in exactly the same place of divine love as everyone else. And, um, you know, all growing and learning, you know, and ascending in their, in their own way and capacity with, with God and never outside of God's loving care. So, I I'm so grateful for your beautiful messaging today but this book I'm telling you 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 should get your hands on it because it has boy it, that just scratched the surface of spirits unveiled a fresh perspective on angels guides and more so practical too makes it feel like it's very tangible part of our daily life it doesn't have to be this esoteric sort of practice where we kind of disappear in a corner for you know a few hours and then maybe communicate with them no this feels like no we they they are so amongst us in our daily lives that uh we're just t- together with them and, and you've really brought that home michelle welch is so uh so talented on so many levels writing in another book is it, we sit and talk right now but she's also a psychic and medium and you still have clients and you still do sessions for people correct I do.
2: And you can contact me at michellewelch.com. It's very easy and you can set up an appointment. I'd suggest doing it soon. My uh, assistant just told me before I went on, she was like, but tell them they better do it fast because I do book up really quickly. But yes, I do. I do take one-on-one clients and I do do galleries too every now and then if people wanted to join my newsletter and look for those.
1: Well, it's God's work because you're in the the business of comforting and, um, reminding people who they are and, and who loves them. So thank you for that. And I wish you all the very best and find Michelle Welch all over the place. You can watch her incredible podcast. She has one with Matthew McConaughey and her husband. And the three of them have this wonderful conversation. I mean, she she truly does so many things on so many levels. And um I'm just grateful for your loving presence today, especially on our Mother's Day show. Thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. MichelleWelch.com. Go to her website for uh, making a session and finding out where to get all her books and, and see her everywhere that she is? michellewelch.com. Happy Mother's Day. You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura. Well, always when trying to find
1: appropriate uh Guests, when I say appropriate, I mean, guests that kind of go with whatever it is that whatever weekend that we are and around the day that we're broadcasting. Being that it's Mother's Day, I had been wanting to have on this particular organization and the founder and CEO for a long time now. But today was the perfect day. And I'm so grateful to have Monica Kelsey here. She is the CEO and founder of Safe Haven baby boxes in indiana but soon to be in a state near you happy mother's day monica oh thank you so much same to you you have the most probably gut-wrenching uh compelling story i've ever read um, on your website there which uh talks about how you came to be um through a very difficult and tragic circumstance, but which probably was the premise for you then doing this that's changing lives. Um, Would you mind telling a little bit of your story?
3: Oh, absolutely. Uh, You know, uh, I was adopted. Uh, I always knew that I was adopted. And so it was never a secret. And uh, growing up, uh, I always wanted to meet my biological mother. And I had that opportunity when I was 37 years old. And that became the best and the worst day of my life because um, that was the day that I learned the truth of why I was placed for adoption. And uh, I'll take you back to August of 1972 uh, to, to kind of fill you in on the story. Uh, and in August of 1972, a, a young 17-year-old girl was brutally attacked and raped and left along the side of the road and this of course was when abortion was illegal in our country uh even in the cases of rape and incest and i'm not here to debate abortion i'm just stating the facts and uh this 17 year old girl was was strong enough to press charges against the man who had raped her and he was arrested and he was charged and if that wasn't the worst of it when her life was finally getting back to normal um she finds out she's pregnant and she was hidden for the remainder of the pregnancy and then gave birth in April of 1973 and abandoned her child uh, two hours after that child was born. And, and that child was me. So, you know, I stand on the front lines of this movement that I've, I've created across America uh, because I I want these mothers to know that there is options for, for their child. You know, they don't have to... Um, do something that's not safe. And uh, and so I've come up with a program that allows women anonymity, but still keeping their children safe. And uh, and so I founded Safe Haven Baby Boxes
1: uh, based on my own beginnings. It's an incredible, incredible story. You um, were abandoned at a hospital, correct, back in 1972? In 1973, yes, at a hospital yes. in
3: Montpelier, Ohio.
1: Okay. So, so when, when your biological mother had you, she took you to a hospital at least. So you had a chance and you were safe. And, um, that, that feels like it's the best news, but, but from that, so safe haven baby boxes for people who don't live in Indiana and have not really heard of them. Tell us exactly how they operate. It's, it's almost like they're. They're hit miracles um, in communities, and I'm so grateful to know that you are expanding beyond the state. So uh, tell us exactly how they work.
3: Absolutely. So the baby box is an extension of the already existing safe haven law, and every state in America has a safe haven law where a parent can walk into any hospital in America, hand their, their uh, child, their uh, newborn child to a worker there, turn around and walk away and no questions asked. And so I, I built upon that safe haven law, that safe haven statue, and said, well, let's give these parents uh, the same protection, but let them do it anonymously. And so I created the safe haven baby box that basically we cut a hole out of the side of a firehouse or a hospital because those are where medical personnel are. And we slide the box in from the outside in. So when a mother walks up to one of our safe haven baby boxes, all she has to do is open the door an alarm sounds. It doesn't. It's not sounded to her. It's silent to her. Um, she places her, her unharmed newborn in the box. She shuts the door and she walks away. There are three alarms on this box that are not connected to each other. So if one was to fail, another one would pick up. So we've tried to make this as, as fail safe as possible. Um, and also the door locks after a baby is placed inside. And that's one of the safety features as well that allows a parent to know that no one else is going to walk behind them and take this child out of this box except the people on the inside of the building who are trained to do so. Um, we, uh, the average time for infants inside our baby boxes, so from the time mother places baby in until firefighters pull this baby out, is the average time is a, a, about two minutes. So wow. it's, it's pretty incredible uh, the, the technology that we use. To ensure the safety of these babies, and these boxes are heated, so it's not like they're going into a cold steel box, which I've heard people say before. These are medical bassinets. These boxes are heated, um, and they alarm medical personnel on the inside of the fire station or on the inside of the hospital. And so these babies are picked up extremely quickly and given a chance that they don't that they all deserve.
1: Exactly, and so uh, so the firefighter or the medical personnel takes the baby out, where do they go with that child, obviously, to get uh, examined?
3: Yeah, so uh, a lot of people don't know this, um, but uh, 99% of our infants that come through our baby boxes are not born in hospitals. Uh, We've had babies that have been placed in our boxes with placenta still attached, cord cut, not clamped. I mean, these are are your at-risk babies that are going to go in a dumpster Or they're going to go in a baby box and so these babies have to get immediate medical care and so the paramedics at the fire station or the nurses at the hospital they do immediate medical care and then they transport uh if it's a fire station to the hospital for a doctor's evaluation once that happens and the the doctors stabilize the baby uh the department of child services in most states gets involved at that point and then finds a forever family for this this child now some states also allow for adoption agencies to take custody of these these children, so they are adopted very uh, very quickly, which is um, actually just uh,
1: warms my heart. Yes, it's absolutely incredible, and I and I imagine they are. I mean, there is a great need for adoptable babies. Uh, there, people are looking for them all the time, and you got the idea for the safe haven baby boxes. When you on a trip to was it South Africa where you had seen one sort of a and I a, a, sort of a replica of what you've currently made more modern or whatever. Is that where you first had the idea? Yeah. And you saying modern, I just smile
3: because the box that I seen in Cape Town, South Africa uh, didn't even have like a lot. It would have never passed inspection here in the United States, but it was it was what they used because that's all they had um, but yeah I got the idea I was walking into a, tur- in a into a church in Cape Town South Africa and it's interesting because I believe that Christ puts you where you need where he needs you and that out of a hundred churches in Cape Town that was the only church that had a baby safe and that happened to be where I was speaking and I was so intrigued by this baby safe I was asking all types of questions and I I asked them you know uh, do women really use this? And they had saved seven infants that year. And the people who, um, you know, the, the people of the church are the ones who adopt these babies. And so it's just a beautiful way of, of making sure that uh, his children are taken care of. And it, it's, it, I, I was just inspired, absolutely inspired.
1: Absolutely. And, and came home to do it here. Now, uh, as I said, you started in Indiana. Where are safe haven baby boxes being implemented um, in the country right now?
3: Well, currently we have boxes in 10 different states and we pass legislation in five more states. And then there's a few states that we're launching in that doesn't have legislation that we don't have to have legislation. in. so we'll probably be in 20 20 states by the end of the year. And uh, on Wednesday... Uh, yesterday, I actually blessed the 145th baby box in the nation in Hobbs, New Mexico.
1: Wow, that must feel just surreal and and incredible uh, to be doing this work. Um, how is it that young people or older people, how can they find out about it if they if they don't listen to my radio station or all the different places where you are, or just happen upon your your website? How do people hear about Safe Haven Baby Boxes? Do you go around the country speaking about it to people?
3: I do. I'm actually on planes pretty much every week going somewhere. I, I train first responders. I train hospital staff. I go into high schools. That's probably the most important. And then we also have a social media presence. You know, I'm not a I was I was never a TikTok fan, um, but the people who are watching TikTok, TikTok are the People that need to hear my message, and so I, I launched in TikTok back in two, 2021. And the first video we posted got like 29 million views. Wow. And a video we did two months ago, it, it's it's almost at 50 million views. And so we're educating people that there's not even a baby box around. And, and it's interesting because I, you know, this past week has been just, just amazing because Hobbs, New Mexico became the 145th baby box in the nation. I was there blessing it. And then a few hours later, I got a call that a baby was saved in one of our Benton baby boxes in Arkansas. And so it, it, the, 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 uh, the note that was left with this infant in Benton, Arkansas, this mother drove seven hours to keep her child safe and place in one of our boxes. And so I, I always wonder, well, how did, how did you hear about us, you know? I mean, you're 7 hours away from the closest baby box and it's social media. Social media is huge. Social
1: media. Absolutely. When it's used for good, it's it's a miracle and life-changing and so grateful that your message is able to spread that way. Monica Kelsey, you obviously you were here for a reason and the way you came into the world, although the beginnings felt or were tragic. Um, they have turned into truly the most beautiful story on earth. And honestly, I think this is just going to grow to such an extent that people will have one wherever they are, and it will be easily accessible, and it hopefully will change the course of some of these infants' lives that would have had a much different ending were it not for safe haven baby boxes. What is the best website where people can read your story and find out how to maybe get involved.
3: Uh, They can go to our website at shbb.org, or you can just type in Google search safe haven baby boxes and our website will come up. There's lots of ways you can support us. There's lots of ways where you can help and advocate in your community. And we'll walk alongside you as you do that in your community to educate others.
1: An amazing blessing. Thank you so much. Monica Kelsey, safe haven baby boxes at shbb.org. Much love and gratitude to you. Happy Mother's Day.
3: Happy Mother's Day to you as well.
1: You're listening to The Way Home. We'll be right back.
0: Welcome back. You're listening to The Way Home with Laura Smith. Here's Laura.
1: Oh, I feel inspired and just grateful for... The idea of motherhood and all the wonderful moms in the world who are being honored today. And I, for my own Joan, Joan Smith, still, she is the spunkiest 85-year-old you have ever seen. And I am just so grateful that now I live close by, I get to see her probably almost every day of the week now. It's really a blessing. And so once again, happy Mother's Day, everyone. Let's do what we do every week. We get our guru of good news, Jim Cleafield. He's gone out and he has found some of the best happy good news stories out there. Hi, Jim. What do you have for us?
0: Well, this story is kind of near and dear to my heart, LJ, uh, in Detroit, actually. It's about a dog of German Shepherd who had gone missing after her owner died. Uh They were calling that dog Nicholas, but it turns out it was a female dog named Nikki. But the good news is uh, she has been found safe and sound and will soon have a new home. But I want to tell you the backstory of what happened. She had been walking around the streets of Detroit with just a stuffed toy from her owner, and a lot of people, including neighbors, were posting photos online. It was a very sad thing to look at. As somebody like me who personally deals with doggy daycare on a regular basis, that really tugs at my heart. I'm very sensitive to something like that. But the good news is that one of the neighbors uh, happened to spot The dog, and her name is Rebecca, and has been taking care of that uh, pup for about uh, several months after it went on the streets of Detroit, been feeding her, but not necessarily doing other care. But here's the great part of this. You know, we hear the phrase, it takes a village. Here's why. Because there were a lot of animal shelters and animal rescues. They all came together uh, to really help this dog when she was found, Nikki. And uh, they were able to you know, kind of take care of her. In fact, uh, one of the things that she needs, uh, she hasn't been bathed in a long time because she's been walking around the streets for who knows how long. Uh, she's going to get some grooming from a place called Sugar Mutts Dog Grooming in the Detroit area. I mean, her coat is filthy and everything else. So she's going to get all spruced up, kind of getting the spa treatment, if you will. The other thing we should mention, though, and this is a little, little tough, she is heartworm positive, sorry to say, but she is undergoing treatment for the next few weeks or so as we speak. But the good news is once Nikki is all cleaned up and the treatment is passed, uh, Again, uh, there's an animal shelter by the name of uh, Almost Home. I think that's an appropriate name. Uh, They will find a home for her soon enough, with all the help of everybody that really just came together. Great story.
1: I think I saw a picture of that dog with with this stuffed toy in its mouth. And it just, like, it was the sweetest thing. It almost put me in tears. It just looked so... Just so vulnerable. I don't know, just something about having that little toy in its mouth. It's yes. kind of like its little
0: security blanket. It was just I can so only sweet. imagine what that looked like. I just can't fathom that.
1: Well, I'm so glad. It's on to a beautiful new chapter, it sounds like. What else do you have for us? You usually have two good news stories. Oh, of
0: course. I, I aim to please, don't we? Well, I used to mow lawns, I guess, uh, in my dad's later years when he was physically unable to do. But this story particularly particular, this guy named Spencer, this is in Wichita, Kansas. He owns a lawn mowing business uh, that's been around for about 11 years or so. He's got teams going to people's houses, about 40 properties they take care of each and every year. Well, he saw some professional lawnmowers do something very nice. They were mowing lawns for free. And he 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 wanted to do something like that. He said, I want to really help the community do some good, if you will. Well, you know what he did? He decided, you know, this is a great idea. Spencer is going to start a YouTube channel, which he did. He's got a million followers. And what he does, he goes to every neighbor's house. He knocks on the door and says, can I mow your lawn for free? Just to make them feel good, right? Just to kind of give back. But what makes this story extra special, LJ? One neighbor in particular he went to, he knocked on the door of a gentleman named Mark Edders who is a uh, nine-year veteran. Uh, he served in the Navy for nine years. We thank you for your service, by the way, Mark. And uh, he uh, wanted to help mow his lawn, and it eventually went viral on YouTube. And a lot of people who are watching it says, what can we do to help this man? Can we can he donate or something? Well, not only did he mow his lawn like he did for the other people, but he did for free. Because of all the wonderful na- donations as a result of this video on YouTube, he came back with $10,000 cash for Mark. Isn't that nice? Oh, Ten thousand dollars, and it just oh. and and the people, the, the reaction that he gets, the work he does, what people say, it's just wow! It doesn't look like my house anymore. It's so beautiful because there's something to be said about a well-cut lawn. It just really makes a house a home, and good for him for doing this.
1: I love it. I absolutely love it. People who go above and beyond, and often unnoticed, but thankful. That the Internet can often now show us some of these videos and and highlight people who are doing such great deeds. Because I think the more we see it and hear about it, which is why I do it here, the more people are encouraged to to make it happen in their own lives and communities as well. Absolutely love that. Well, just real quick before we go, I want to ask you your mom's name, Jim.
0: Uh, Mickey. And she's, uh, yeah, she, Mickey Cleafield. And uh, she's, uh, she's in assisted living right now, but she's, she's taking really good care. And I'm uh, going to be visiting her for Mother's Day. Hopefully some of the kids will be there too. So, because it's the first Mother's Day we've had without her at home. And I just don't want her to be, you know, without our family. So uh, after I finish work, I'm going to go visit her a little bit.
1: That's absolutely wonderful. And Bob, our producer, has been so quiet because we're always talking way too much and too long. Bobby, what was the name of your mom? Kay. K-A-Y was what she liked. Kathleen was her full name. But everybody called her K. Everyone called her K. And she was Scottish, was she not? Yep. Mm -hmm. That's the Kathleen. My mother's middle name is K. Oh, Oh. I didn't know that. Yes, but she spells it with an E on the end. So it's K-A-Y-E. So Joan K., and your mom, Kay, who is uh, on the other side, and Jimmy, whose mom is in assisted living, well, we send them love anyway. We can send them love from wherever we are. And to all of you listening, if you're a mom or uh, you have one in spirit or are thinking um, about one today, by all means, happy Mother's Day once again from the way home. We love you. We are grateful to you. And uh, just for all that you do To make this world a better place God bless you Have a wonderful week everyone We'll talk to you next time On The Way Home I'm Laura Smith